Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 87. Today, I'm really excited to share with you what you need to do when business is slow. I didn't say if, I said when, because at some point in your career or your dream chasing, things are going to feel a little slow. And instead of sitting there and refreshing your inbox, hoping that a new inquiry or new sale has landed at your feet, I want to put you into action. So I am sharing seven things you need to be doing during those slow seasons so that you can get busy. Let's do this. You're listening to the Goal Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Guess what? I know you. You want to know something I know about you? You're not a huge fan of sponsors and ads on your favorite shows. You probably hit that little button to skip through them so that you can get to the point of the episode. And trust me, friend, I get it. That's why I'm doing something a little outlandish and I am dropping all of our sponsors for the Gold Digger podcast. Call me radical, call me crazy, but I set out to make a show that was filled with free education that our industries were lacking and I am jumping back into alignment with that vision. So this show is is brought to you by our totally free guide, which is five easy ways to grow your email list. You can grab it for free at www.jkemaillist.com. That's right, a guide that's going to get you started, help you understand why email lists matter, and teach you to know exactly what to send. My biggest business regret is not starting an email list sooner, so this episode is dedicated to not letting you make the same mistake. Head to www.jkemaillist.com and get growing that list of yours today. Now, what do you say? Let's hop into today's show. Here we go. Hey, Gold Diggers. It's Jenna Kutcher coming at you live from our attic office, hanging out with the dogs today. So they want to be a part of this episode. So I hope you can welcome our special guests, Pint Size Pooches, Tucker and Chloe. 
Today, I want to talk about something that I get asked about all of the time. And trust me, the struggle is real. But I want to equip you to know exactly what you need to be working on when business is slow. Now, let's be honest, guys. Like Your business is not always going to be booming. In fact, there are likely going to be seasons, whether they're planned or unplanned, when things are slow. And you're sitting there refreshing your inbox, hoping and praying that a new inquiry or a sale is squeaking through. We've all been there. The panic has set in. The searching for side hustle gigs to get you through. That's happened. But I want to take the time today to equip you now so that you know exactly what you need to be working on when business is slow. Notice that I didn't say if business is slow, but when. Because here's the thing. Entrepreneurship is often seasonal. Just as we see the seasons of planting and growth and harvest and rest, our businesses have an ebb and flow similar to crops. Cool, right? I just compared your dream to corn. But here's the thing. For me, I plan downtime. I love that season of rest. I actually need it in order to be a good entrepreneur, a good wife, a good photographer, a good all the things. And so I started to make a decision early in my career that I made the call that I didn't want to shoot between daylight savings time. So if you're doing the math over there, it's about six months of the year of shooting and six months off of shooting. So basically what I said was a very black and white rule where I said, I will not take any weddings past daylight savings time and I will not start any weddings before it hits in the spring. This for me created this ebb and flow of my business that allowed me to have a slower period intentionally. And today I want to share exactly what I work on during that season, during that time. So I'm coming at you with seven things you need to be doing when you are in a slow period. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now that one of those seven things is not sit on your butt and complain about it because I am not a fan of complaining. I think that we can always take action. And a lot of times when we're in those slumps or those quiet periods or those slow phases, it's really easy to play the blame game. I see it all the time in Facebook groups where people are saying there's too much competition or people aren't willing to spend money or nobody values blah, blah, blah. What are you doing besides complaining in a Facebook group to create that interest, to generate that trust, to give people the ability to commit to whatever it is that you're working on? And so when I look at slow seasons, I look at them as this opportunity, this opportunity to get to work, to make things happen, to refine our workflows. And so today I want to walk you through seven things to do. And perhaps you're just a business owner who simply just has a dream at the moment and you're wondering, well, what can I do to get this started? Pay close attention because this episode is just as much for you as it is for those seasoned entrepreneurs in those slow seasons. So number one is this, and it's something that I am crazy about. Enhance your brand. So you need to ask yourself and have a really truthful conversation about what is the overall brand of my business? Is it easily recognizable? Does it make sense from channel to channel? Does it need a refresh? Now, remember, so many of us focus on the visual side of a brand and the way that it looks, but your brand has to make people feel something. So pull up all of your sites and your social platforms, lay them out side by side. Is it cohesive? Is it confusing? Is it making sense? Can you simplify or clarify? 
Are the words you're using on your site found on your social media? You want to make sure that your brand is this total package and that total package is clearly and easily understood and found with the least amount of clicks. So whenever I'm in that slow season, I take a time to do a refresh because as human beings, we are constantly evolving and thus our businesses are evolving as well. And so if we're relying on that custom-made website that we got three years ago to communicate where we're at with our lives and our businesses now, chances are there are going to be big gaps. I did this exercise once with some of my students where I researched them. I gave myself one minute to spend on their website. And after about an hour, I had to try and remember something about every single person. Now, the funny thing is, is that we spend a lot of time on our bio sections because we know how important those about me pages are. But a lot of times, those ideas that we've spent so much time and energy on communicating are not found on our social platform. So for example, I remember when I did this exercise, one of the girls talked about how she loves whiskey. And I'm like, that's memorable because I don't like whiskey. I like wine. And so then I went over to our social channels. And guess what? I couldn't find a single photo of whiskey. And so to me, I'm like, is she lying about me in her bio page? Because that one thing that's memorable isn't translating. And so the first thing that you need to do during those slower periods, or if you're just getting started, is to really look at your brand and not just the way it looks, but the way it makes people feel. Because in order for people to take action, to take a risk, to take a chance, they have to feel something and your brand needs to be the thing that sparks that feeling. So be really critical with yourself. Look at things. Is it your voice? Are those your best images? Are you showing your best work? Is it making sense? Is it updated? Is there all of the links that are clickable? Is there anything that you can change? Number one, enhance that brand of yours. Make it super clear. Make it less confusing and make people understand it the moment that they land on your page. Number two is this, and it's one of my favorites because a lot of us are about to cringe when I say it. Number two is update your portfolio. If I asked you right now, if I sat next to you and I said, hey, what is your website? Would you be proud and excited to share it with me? Or would you cringe and say, oh my gosh, don't look at that. My Instagram is way more up to date. I haven't had time to update it in the last few years. Just please don't click on it. Your website, that is like your storefront and it should only hold and display your best work. You should be updating your portfolio at least twice a year at the very minimum, if not quarterly, even monthly, just doing a refresh, keeping it fresh with your best work, the stuff that you are most proud of, the stuff that you want to do again and again and again. In the photographer's world, we say, show what you want to shoot. So for example, if I am a wedding photographer, it would not make sense for me to have images with babies and children on it, right? Like that's super confusing and people aren't going to know me as a wedding photographer. And so when you start looking at curating your portfolio, you want to make it the highlight reel. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. This is your chance to show your favorite best work. And so you have to drop those feelings of insecurity. Like I need to include one photo from every session, or I have to have this on here because this person might feel bad. This is your storefront. Own it. Make sure it's compelling. Make sure it is showing people exactly what they can expect if they hire you. You want to curate it in a way that truly speaks not to who you've already worked with, 
but for who you want to work with. So if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're in this slow season or things just aren't quite happening the way you wanted and you're thinking, I'm just not finding my ideal clients, I'm going to point you to number two here. Is your portfolio directed specifically to the people you want to work at? Is it the kind of work that you want to do for those dream clients? If it's not, you might need to create some free work in order to get a portfolio that is exemplifying where you want to go, where you want to be headed. But here's the thing. So many of us take the time, we update our portfolio once a year and we forget about it until that next year. But there is always new work being produced. We're always stretching the limits. We're always trying new things. We have to be on top of that. So what would it look like if you spent one hour, just one hour every month, just changing out photos, changing out text, updating that portfolio so that the next time somebody asks for your business card or your website, you're actually proud about it. Because if you're just banking that, okay, well, they're going to go to my website and then they're probably going to click on Instagram and then they'll, they'll see all the good stuff there. You're giving people way too much credit. People are not spending a ton of time on your website and they're definitely not spending a lot of time on your website if it's not the right kind of work. And so updating your portfolio is one of the single best things you can do during those slow seasons so that you are proud of it, so that it becomes a place that converts people from hearing your name into true paying clients. And guess what, guys? We don't want to hear those crickets in your inbox for long. And so you want your website to be working for you and not against you. Now, number three is something that I have really learned about a lot in the last few years, and that is hone in your copy. The visual humans in us go straight to the way things look like our portfolio and our websites. But I would argue that your words are even more important or just as important as your images. And when you compare killer images with intentional words, you're going to get busy. I promise you that. So maybe you need to hop on and tweak a few things. Maybe you need to change the way that you're sharing who you are, or maybe you need to change the way you're speaking about your work. The messaging needs to be dialed in. It needs to be so clear about what you're offering, who you're serving and who you are. So maybe during your slow season, you can poll your audience. You can ask them simple questions and make sure that you're using terminology that they can connect with. Maybe you can do a little copy refresh or hire somebody to read through things to make sure it's all in your voice with your message and that it's standing out and it's memorable. Too many people put what their clients expect them to say. And instead of standing out, they blend into their industries. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to a photographer's website and it says, I love capturing memories from behind my camera. Well, of course you do. You're a photographer. You don't land on a dentist website and it says, I love teeth. Because um, isn't that kind of assumed? Like, we want to work with people who love that. So tell me more about why you're different than every other photographer on the planet. You really want to tune in and hone in on your copy so that you are making sure that those words, they're connecting to the right people. That they're really sharing your message. It's kind of like our captions on Instagram where so many of us, we have this epic photo and then we're like, uh, can I just share an emoji today? Will that, will that work? But no, there are two camps of people, people who strictly look at images, people who read every single word. And when you can partner killer images with awesome copy together, 
that is where you will get busy. So really take some time, hone in on your copy. If you don't have resources to have somebody help you, a really good tip or strategy is to pull up your website and start reading things out loud. If you feel embarrassed or awkward, if the words aren't sounding like something that you would actually say, then maybe it's time to really refine your voice. You want your website to be this extension of the person that you are so that when people meet you in person, the words that are coming out of your mouth are exactly what they are seeing on your website. And it's all just adding to that overall brand, that overall message. So number four is something that I'm super passionate about and something that is highly underutilized, especially by beginners. I want for you to network and add value for other people. What? Ah, that's scary. Are you getting clammy over there? I see you. I see you. How can you create intentional, meaningful relationships and ding, 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 add value to other people's lives? What are you doing to create relationships within your industry or outside of it in a way that will get you in front of bigger audiences and more clients that are the right fit? So maybe you can meet up with some locals who are also in your industry. You know, the people that we like to refer to as our competition. And maybe you can get to know them so that you can do a referral circle with them. Or perhaps you can use your gifts or skills and offer them to other local entrepreneurs so that you can serve them. Think about it. Whatever industry you're in, whatever you are doing, you have the ability to add value to other people's lives. Like that's an awesome thing about life, isn't it? So if you're out there and you're hearing crickets, what can you do to create relationships, to network, and not in the scammy way or the sleazy way, but to build true community? There are things like Tuesdays Together through the Rising Tide Society where you can do a local meetup one Tuesday each month. What if you just said, hey, I'm a local photographer as well. I would love to just refer some clients to you. Would you mind sharing what dates are available? Because I want to make sure that I'm sending people to people I trust. Now, here's the thing that I've really learned over the years is that I only refer people to other vendors that I've met in real life that I know I can trust that I know are going to take care of these clients. So it's really important to get in front of these people, but... There is a right way and there is a wrong way. So don't just ask people if you can, quote, pick their brain or take them to coffee. I want for you to really do your research and help them out. It's funny. I probably get anywhere from two to five messages a day of people asking to, quote, pick my brain or to take me to coffee. And here's the thing. Like, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, that's where my heart is. Like, I give people the benefit of the doubt, and I really value their courageousness to reach out. But at the same point, when you're saying, can I take you to coffee? You're saying that my knowledge and my expertise is worth $4.50. And here's the thing. If I'm not going to coffee, or if I don't have time to go to coffee with my husband or my friends or the people that I love in my life, I'm sure as heck not going to go to coffee so that I can have my brain picked. Like, I will pay 450 myself. Thank you so much. And so if you are going to reach out to people, you have to do your due diligence, do your research and offer them something. How can you add value? When people ask me if they can take me to coffee, 
I like think to myself right away, well, they must have never listened to my podcast because I've talked about this so many times on the show. Therefore, they haven't taken the time to get to know me. They haven't looked at the free resources that I've published for the last five or six years. They just want to get their questions answered in their timing and take up my time. And to me, it's really, really frustrating because it's like, hey, guys, I'm putting out free content twice a week here, three times on my blog. I'm sending emails to my email list. I am like this content creation queen and yet you're still asking for more when I have opportunities for you to pay to get my expertise and education that costs more than four dollars and fifty cents so if you are going to request to meet up with somebody or to get together with somebody they are going to be far more likely to respond to your request and return the favor if you are coming at them in a means and an attempt to add value to their life Now, if your calendar is a little quiet, don't complain about it. Get out there and start networking and building meaningful relationships both in and out of your industry. For me, what this looked like was, okay, I'm a photographer. So if my calendar is a little quiet and I don't have a lot going on, what can I do to add value? I could go to the local florist and say, hey, if you want to style up a few things, I'd love to take photos and just give them to you as images for you to use or plan a styled shoot and collaborate with other artists in your industry. So for me, I worked with a vendor. I worked with a wedding planner. I worked with a florist, a dressmaker, and I created images that all of them could use for free in their advertising. I'm adding value and I'm also getting my name out there. There are so many ways that you can share your gifts with the world. All I can recommend is do your research first, come at it from a place of service, and be very intentional with what you want out of it. A lot of times, if you can come out with a focus on the other person and not yourself, you're going to be way more successful. And that is just an awesome way to spend your time when you actually have time to spend on creating those relationships. Hey, hey, Jenna here. Sorry to jump in, but I wanted to pop back with a dose of encouragement and a little extra something something for you. You probably keep hearing top marketers say, it is all in the list. It's all in the list. And you're wondering what list they are talking about. Surely it cannot be your to-do list because that's a mile long. They are talking about email lists and rightfully so. Email marketing is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And to celebrate that simple little fact, I created a totally free guide, five easy ways to grow your email list. And you, my friend, you can get your hands on it at www.jkemaillist.com. Again, hop over to jkemaillist.com, get your guide and more resources all devoted to growing that email list of yours. Now, number five is this. Learn, learn, learn. (laughs) You better believe that if I am in a slow period, I am ingesting all the content and all the things that I can to help me better my craft. Whether it's watching YouTube videos or studying other people who are killing it in my industry, trying new techniques or taking on personal projects to practice and refine my craft. In the slow times, it might be worth it to portfolio build and to continue learning while also creating more work that you can share. So like I said, for the last few years, I haven't shot in the winter, but almost every single winter I've come up with a personal project, something to keep me inspired, something to keep me working, something to keep me having content that I can share. You can always hone your craft. You can always get better. You can always expand your skill set. 
You can always learn new tips, tricks, and strategies. So in that slow season, when you are sitting there twiddling your thumbs and refreshing your inbox, I would say take that energy and focus it on learning. Because even during the crazy, busy time, I am that girl listening to podcasts in the shower because I want to keep getting better. I want to keep growing. So take the opportunity to learn before you are far too busy to do so. To be honest, I would have given anything if back in the day somebody was like, here is A, B, C, D, and E. Do these steps in order and you're going to be far more successful and have far more time. And so there are so many incredible resources out there that you can put to work in your life while you are in those slow periods and take every opportunity you can. Because when that busy season hits, you're likely not going to be reading business books or attending webinars. You probably don't have time to YouTube things or do work for free because you're busy. And so in order to get to that point, I just think that there is so much time for you to learn and to get better at what you're doing and how you're communicating that. Number six is something I talk about all the time. You might roll your eyes and be bored about it, but nail down your social strategy. A lot of times when people are telling me that they're just not booking at all, I ask if I can take a peek at their social channels. And what I generally find is either A, they're not consistently posting, or B, they're not creating a brand that has connection points. So let's go back to the first one. People aren't consistently posting or putting out solid content. This happens a lot. So during those slow seasons, a lot of us are like, gosh, I don't have anything to boast. I haven't been working. It's kind of quiet around here. But here's the thing. Most of us, we have this giant library of the work that we've done throughout the year. I am constantly sharing and resharing posts from even a year ago because they're still beautiful on brand and targeting my ideal clients. So you want to create almost a resource library so that you are showing your work year round, even during those quiet seasons. So like I said, I don't shoot for six months out of the year, but guess what? During those six months, I am still showing just as much content as I am during the busy season. Why? Because I have enough content to do that. You can share and reshare things. Like there is this fear of like, if I post this once, I can never post it again. And it's not true because people are not seeing every single post you're posting. And if you're believing that, you're believing a total lie. And so you want to continue sharing content even during the slow season so that people are consistently being shown your work and that you are front of mind. Now, the second part of this is that when people are generally telling me they're not booking, I'm finding that they're not creating a brand that has any connection. They're not showing anything about themselves that is compelling, that is keeping me remembering them, or they're just simply sharing that they're slow, thus losing any chance of urgency or scarcity. And that mentality helps people purchase. So if you're slow and you're like, well, I'm just, I'm not going to post for the next month because I have nothing to post. First off, people are going to notice that because they're going to say, well, why are they so slow? Why is nobody else hiring? If you're slow, it is the perfect time to really focus on creating systems for your social media and really finding your groove in nailing down things like the Jenna Kutcher 5, which is sharing more of your life and sharing more than just the work that you're doing. 
If people are constantly hearing, buy from me, book me, choose me, I need work, nobody's hiring me, they are likely going to start asking these internal questions like, well, wait, why is nobody booking them or buying from them? What's wrong with them? And it really fosters doubt in the buyer's eyes. You don't have to lie and like pretend like you're just this crazy busy worker bee, but you just have to use that time to truly systemize your social calendar and get on a consistent posting schedule. Guys, those slow seasons, that is the best time to nail down your workflow. That is the time that you need to say, okay, what am I capable of? I am going to blog twice a week and I'm going to post once a day on the other social media. You want to create these systems. You want to plan these out in advance. You want to really nail down that strategy so that when the busy season hits, and it will, my friend, I promise you, you have this strategy down and it's not like this overwhelming, oh my gosh, I have all this stuff to do. And so whenever I'm in the slow season, I'm constantly tweaking and looking at my workflow. I'm writing down from start to finish what it looks like to work with a client and then figuring out ways I can outsource or ask for help or simplify or streamline them so that as we get into that busy season, I know exactly what I need to do, how much time it's going to take, and I can stay on top of the strategies that I put in place when I'm slow. Now, number seven is something that I wish I would have done earlier in my career, and that is to seek out mentorship. As somebody who has taught thousands and thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs, sometimes I think, actually I know, that the best thing you can do for yourself is to seek out mentors and invest in yourself and your business. Yes, It is likely going to cost you dollars, but when I look at that exchange, it is going to save you hours of your time and thousands of dollars in mistakes that you will likely make if you go it alone. Now, every penny that I've ever spent on mentorship or courses or masterminds or learning has made me 10x the amount of money, and it's always been worth every penny. There's this quote that those who pay, pay attention. And I think it is so true. When you are asked to put money down on something, whether it's your dream or advertising or a course or some sort of mentorship, you better believe that you are going to pay far more attention because you have stake in the game. Like you have put yourself on the line for this. And so what I would encourage you to do in the slow season is to pay attention to people who are further in the journey than you. Check out their offers. Pay attention attention to the content they're putting out there. Make sure that they are good and not just what they're doing, but they're also good teachers. I think a lot of times in the creative industry, there are some incredibly talented artists, but when it comes to teaching, they might struggle. And so you want to make sure that you can invest in your business so that you can fill your calendar. A lot of times we're just lacking systems and structure to do so. And so we need this outside voice or this education to truly align everything so that we can reach our dream clients with the right message and give them an experience that only we can offer. So you want to find somebody who really understands that you are your biggest asset. Hire somebody who's going to help you discover how to share that with the world in the best ways because you don't want to be cookie cutter, guys. You are not cookie cutter. And so when you are in that slow season, look at hiring someone for mentorship. It could be unpaid. It could be paid. You could just dive into all the free content somebody is offering. I mean, we have 
oodles of free content out there for people. But here's the thing, like when you are ready to go to the next level or to crack the code or to figure out how to fill your calendar and you're just really struggling, I challenge you to find a mentor, find somebody who is not just talking the talk, but who is walking the walk and invest. And I know it's scary. It's scary to put down money when you don't have money coming in. But a lot of times you have to look at if I put this money down now, how is this going to pay off? Not just financially, but with time. So I want to run through the list really quick again on what to do when business is slow. You want to start with enhancing your brand. You want to make people feel something. You want to make sure everything is cohesive and not confusing. And you're going to do that through number two, updating your portfolio. You want to show the best of the best work. You want to make sure you are proud to send people to your website so that they can see what you're all about. So you want to make sure that your portfolio is up to date and showing the kind of work that you want to continue you doing. Number three, you want to hone in your copy. You want to make sure that all of your words are intentional, that your messages are being received and clearly accepted from the right people. So take the time to go through your copy and make sure it is your voice, your tone, and it's reaching the right audience. Number four, you want to network and add value in other people's lives. There are so many different ways that you can do this, but make sure that you are respecting people's time and talent and expertise and that you are reaching out with people with pure intentions of simply adding value to their life and hopefully, maybe just maybe, they will return the favor for you. Number five, you want to learn. In those slow periods, ingest all the content that you can get your hands on. Sign up for the webinars. Take the downloads. Do whatever it takes for you to really, really refine your craft. The better you are at it, the easier it is to sell that and communicate it with your dream clients. So do not miss the opportunity to learn. Number six is nail down your social strategy. Guys, take the time. Plan it out, especially when you're slow. How are you reaching your ideal clients every single day? How are you growing your email list? How are you putting out posts that speak directly to them? And how are you creating connection with the right people? And number seven, seek out mentorship. You do not need to go this alone. In fact, you shouldn't go it alone. Find people who can really inspire and teach you and empower you so that you can fill up that calendar and get back to doing what you love. Guys, slow seasons do not need to be a detriment. They can simply be a blessing in your business, but you have to use that time just as wisely as you are when you're busy. There is going to be a period of slowness in your dream chasing. I promise you that. But if you can fill those days with intentionality of working towards what is next for you, what is on the horizon and being the best person, the best professional, the best expert you can be, you will fill that calendar and you'll fill it with the right people. So follow these seven steps. Get excited about it. You're going to get busy. But in this meantime, I want you to take every opportunity you can to really hone in and learn your craft and share it in a way that is going to compel people to take action. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Gold Digger podcast. It is such a blessing to speak into your lives. As always, if this episode has touched you or taught you something or just encouraged you with where you're at, would you take a few minutes to just leave a review in iTunes? It sounds so simple, but I promise you it makes a giant impact. And I read each and every single review that you are leaving. So just hop over to iTunes, click write a review, and this girl is going to be reading your words in no time. 
time. Until next time, goal diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and learn how to embrace the slow just as well as you embrace the busyness because busy is not always a badge of honor. Let's embrace those slow seasons together and I will talk to you super soon. Thanks for listening to Goal Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold-digging dream chaser, you.